Hello and welcome to the Go Gamecocks podcast presented by the State Newspaper. I'm your host, Greg Hadley, and we are here to give you a short and sweet show about everything involving South Carolina sports. Today we are talking about football, specifically South Carolina plays Missouri this Saturday at 4 p.m. on the SEC Network alternate channel. And I'm joined, as always, by our great football writer, Ben Brenner. Great would be really an overstatement, but thanks for having me on anyway. (laughs) Of course. I think the big thing, the big storyline going into this game is that South Carolina players and coaches even admitted to us today, they're feeling a little desperate. Here's what Coach Will Muschamp had to say about that in his weekly press conference. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think we played a really good team on Saturday. I think our guys played their ass off. And unfortunately, you know, we, we didn't make enough plays that we needed to make to win the game. Uh, so um, I like, again, the, the uh, when, you, when you're in the locker room when the game's over and you see the, the guys obviously hurting, that's not a good thing, but it's a good thing. And, and uh, it bothers them. We have really good leadership. We have a very good culture in this organization. And, and uh, the leadership's in a really good spot. And, uh, and meeting with those guys on Sunday and talking about where we are and, and you know, being realistic and understanding it's not where we want to be and not where we thought we want, were going to be, but this is where we are right now. So understand where we are and what we've got to do to crawl out of it, and that's what we're going to do. Can you explain for us why a team would be willing to say that, especially so early in the season? Well, I think it, it, I think it's for really two reasons. The first is more kind of their outlook on it, and the second is more a global outlook, which they profess publicly at least not to take. Starting with their outlook, they've played three games, they've lost two of them, the only team they've beaten is an FCS opponent. That's not great. One of those games was a loss as an 11 or 12 point favorite, also not great. They probably need to start getting some good wins, even if they're not looking at at the overall course of the season, and I think, you know, they're going to admit they're hungry. They want they want one of those wins that seems bigger than an FCS game. Now, when you look at the overall slate that they're going to have, the next two games are games that they really need if they hope to be able to get back to a bowl game because there is no margin for error after the North Carolina loss. Even if Florida isn't quite as good as we thought, you still have two losses right now and four games three against the top three teams in the country and one against a Texas A&M team we think is going to be pretty good or at least has the ability to be pretty good and has a lot of talent. So if you were to lose all those ones, you'd have to win every single other game just to go to the postseason. And Missouri's no slouch. And the Kentucky team that comes the next week, probably no slouch either. So I think this is this is where you kind of, they kind of have to start because if you lose this one, you know your chances of staying home in December really shoot up. Yeah, when you look at the math of it all, you know, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Appalachian State all seem like maybe, you know, they're they're probably going to win those. But the math on it all, it, it's if they even if they split these, it, it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, and none of those three games are going to be that easy. Maybe Tennessee. But, you know, I mean, Vandy at times has been has been spicy. They're, they're having a little trouble with their new quarterback. So not 100 percent sure on that. And beyond that, you've just got. None of those are gimmies, especially App State. And you've got these two where Kentucky has a back of quarterback, still trying to figure things out. And Missouri, they don't have a bowl game to play in, so they're pretty much just kind of gunning to knock off anyone they can. And going into this game, Missouri opened as the 10-point favorite. I think they're down to 9.5. It's a pretty big number. What do you think led them to be that big a favorite? 
Well, I think a lot of it is just how betting lines are built. They're built on what are called power ratings. Power ratings assign every single team a certain point value. You take one team's point value, you take another team's, you get the difference, you add or subtract three depending on who's at home, and you kind of go from there. And the computer rankings thus far, and really going through last season, really liked Missouri. I think some of it is because Missouri has robust scoring margin and robust yards per play margin, and those are kind of seen as sort of numbers that can be that are more rec- replicatable and good indicators of future success. And I think it's really a matter of, especially considering they haven't played that many games thus far, Missouri just looks good on that front, and they especially look good because even in their loss to Wyoming, they pretty much played pretty well, but just kind of had some bad fumble luck that turned what could have been a surprisingly close win into a, a loss. Yeah, Coach Will Muschamp, speaking at Tuesday's press conference, was very complimentary of Missouri, and kind of... I don't want to say discounted that Wyoming loss, but definitely gave it some context. He talked a lot about going there with Texas and kids getting sick and, in his words, puking in the uh, high altitude, which sounds truly unpleasant to try to play a football game while feeling that way. But yeah, I mean, Missouri came off that. They knocked off a West Virginia team that we have no idea if they're good, and then they just put a FCS team in the dirt. So, you know, that's good, too. Yeah, speaking, I was speaking to ESPN's Dave Purdom, Mm -hmm. who covers a lot of gambling for them, and he was saying, you know, Jake Bentley makes a real difference when we're talking about these these lines of nine, nine and a half, ten. You know, he said it could make up to a touchdowns difference in the line. So I think while obviously fans are really excited about freshman quarterback Ryan Holinsky, the betters maybe are a little more wait and see to see how he goes against the day-in, day-out SEC play. Yeah, I think with with Holinsky, there's going to be some questions of... He showed a lot of his ceiling against, and a lot of where his ceiling could be against Alabama. The question is just going to be, can he be consistent down-to-down, and how much is South Carolina going to need to be consistent down-to-down against a Missouri offense that I think is pretty good? Yeah, speaking of Missouri's offense, they got someone South Carolina fans will recognize in Kelly Bryant, transfer from Clemson. What have you seen from him in his first few games there, and what challenges in particular does he present to South Carolina? Well, it's interesting because he, in his time in Clemson, was known as more of the dual-threat guy. He was an okay passer. He thrived in that system. Some of his numbers came from those little jet-sweep runs that they call passes. I think he was fine, and and he was a good element in the QB run game. Thus far, he's only carrying the ball eight times a game at Missouri and not doing it for very many yards. That's an offense that, at least under Josh Heupel and Derek Dooley, has been more standard spread, maybe a little wider spread than some of the other teams you'll see, and a lot of tempo. And thus far, they're kind of just relying on their tailbacks to carry the ball, relying on him to throw the ball around. He's been good. I believe his passer rating is in the 156 or so range, which is, you know, solid. It'll be interesting because I think the South Carolina defense has the ability to be the best defense he's faced thus far, but I don't know, based on its up-and-down play, if it'll be able to fully deliver that. Yeah, the secondary has really been the major area of concern, it seems like, for South Carolina's defense so far. It was talked about a lot today. Where do you think, really, the major breakdowns have been for them? I think J.C. Horn kind of said it best. He explained they're losing one-on-ones. And sometimes, a lot of time in football, that's just what it comes down to. A guy is asked to cover someone, he does not do a good enough job, the ball hits at the right place, and that person is off. That really happens with Alabama, because Tua Tagovailoa is freaking incredible, and 
all of his receivers seem like they could be first-round draft picks. So I think they'll get some relief just because whoever they're playing isn't going to be that good. But I think a lot of it was people taking bad angles. Uh, Well, Muschamp said there was a lot of people playing man coverage but losing sight of their defensive back and assignment and instead trying to read the quarterback, which is a great way to lose your guy and get beat. So I think... I think a lot of it is just they need to clean up how people are playing, which is not a very fulfilling answer because you a lot of people want to see a different scheme or a different lineup or moving guys around or some someone from the bench. And I just I don't think they have the depth to really do anything with that. I think they just have to dig down and not play as badly. Yeah, it kind of seemed like during the Alabama game, the common scapegoat for fans is the issues with tackling but that doesn't fully encompass all the issues they were having. I wouldn't say so. I mean, I think the tackling certainly didn't help, but it's also really hard to tackle Najee Harris. He's a large human. He's very fast. He's very strong. South Carolina, well, against Georgia and Clemson, might be facing guys that are similarly hard to tackle, but they probably won't be facing that this week. Still, they have to clean up. Still, this team doesn't seem 100% on its P's and Q's defensively, and... That's going to kill you. I mean, they don't have the depth, and they don't really have the defensive quality to be able to afford those moments at this juncture. Even against a team like Missouri. Even against a team like Missouri, which, by the way, has a very good offense. It's a little tricky because right now because it's early in the season, reading their numbers is hard, and a lot of uh, what the computer rankings like about them is based on last season. They obviously don't have Drew Locke anymore. So, But I think that they still have a lot of good pieces and I think Bryant could at the very least keep them in the top 30 top 40 level and lord knows that could cause some problems hey there like what you hear good news you can help ensure the state continues making journalism you love to read watch and listen to if you're more into sports than news you'd probably like our sports pass membership which gives you access to unlimited sports coverage for just $30 for the first year. Subscribe to Sports Pass at thestate.com slash sportspass. You can also read more Gamecocks news by downloading the Go Gamecocks app or by signing up for our newsletter at thestate.com slash newsletters. Thanks for supporting local journalism. Now, back to today's episode. I mean, it's been more than 10 minutes and we haven't really talked too much about Ryan Holinsky. How important is this first SEC start going to be for him? I think it'll tell us a lot about him in terms of this is the first game he's going to go into where the outcome isn't preordained isn't exactly the right word, but isn't pretty obvious heading into it. This is going to be the first game where you're going to say South Carolina won or lost that game, and it wasn't kind of just settled. I think a lot of it's going to be can he can he avoid the the misfires? Can he avoid some of the bad plays? I was talking with someone uh, earlier today about there were certain plays on a, on the goal line stand right before halftime against Alabama that people didn't talk all that much about, but Jake Bentley probably wouldn't have been forgiven for a couple of missed shor- shorter well one missed shorter pass and one missed kind of tough pass. And the question is going to be if he has those moments and it does come in a close game, what does that look like? How does he respond? All that kind of stuff. I think he'll do well, but I think some of it will be interesting to see just that Alabama game was you could play like you had nothing to lose. That's not how these next two games are going to be, and that's going to be a different scenario for him going forward. 
Do you think there's any chance we'll see any nerves with him? I mean, obviously you showed a lot of poise against Alabama, but this is his first true road game. I don't totally think so, just because he's been through a lot. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play exceptionally well, just because he's a young quarterback. By nature, those are inconsistent creatures. I don't know that we'll see moments of those nerves, but there could be some up and down moments just because that's how it kind of works. Is it fair to call this a must-win game for South Carolina? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It is 100% fair to call this a must-win game because if they don't win this game, they're probably home for December. And it goes from coming into this, I think it was expected there would be some kind of maybe not step back in record because they were 7-6 last year, but they were going to sort of hover in that 5-6 five to, five to, to 7 win range. Maybe if everything came together, they could get to 8. And if everything really came together, they could get to 9. If you lose this game, chances are you getting to 6 is going to take a mammoth amount of work. Not just being perfect against everyone you should beat, but being perfect the rest of the way and pulling an upset. And if they miss a bowl, that represents, let's be real, a step back for Will Muschamp's program. Probably not enough to put him on the hot seat this year, assuming they win five. Certainly enough to put him on the hot seat going into next year. So I think a lot of it's going to be they need to win this game because if they don't, the whole tenor of just all of this changes. To carry on, Joyner uh, is a guy that Will Muschamp made a big deal about you know, wanting him to get more involved. He didn't pass at all against Alabama. He got only a little bit of work in at wide receiver. Why is it so important to get him involved? Well, it's important to get him in there because he has high ceiling playmaking ability, which sounds like a lot of cliche words and kind of is. But he's a dude who, you put the ball in his hands, he can make things happen. He can shake a lot of tacklers. He can break tackles. He can do a fair amount of stuff. How much of it can he do? We don't really know. So he's still kind of exploring that part of his game on the college level. And frankly, they just can use more playmakers. I did enjoy his answer at the media availability this week in which someone asked him, you know, was he a little worried that he didn't get any snaps at quarterback? And he said, there's only one ball. And if my teammates are getting the ball, that's okay with me too. I thought that was interesting and a good outlook. Also probably should be a good outlook for fans because realistically – You can only get the ball to one person every play. So if people keep suggesting, well, this guy needs more touches and that guy needs more touches, eventually you start running out of touches. That being said, I think he'll get more work. I'll be interested to see if he gets more work at quarterback because, frankly, in big games where every single possession has a lot of weight on it, like the Alabama game, it seems like coaches are more loath to bring in their change-of-pace quarterbacks. Obviously, we just got got done saying that Missouri is kind of in that boat, but I think that the reins should be a little bit less tight, just enough that he might get at least one series with the game still in doubt at quarterback. Don't know, just spitballing, just guessing, but he's a guy that they've got to kind of work in as much as they can because he's a guy who can make plays. That's just that simple. All right. Thank you, Ben, and thanks for tuning in. As a reminder, we will release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday through football season, and you can get those wherever you get your podcasts. 